What next up we have uh, Iona Wishaw. So now you're going to be reading from uh, to track a traitor. Now this is a historical mystery. So set it up and let us know what you're going to be reading here. Okay. So this scene takes place in one of the scariest places I've ever been. If you move west by foot out of the seaside town of Eastbourne in the south of England, you go up a very, very steep climb uh, through a wood and then continuing up in sort of bare countryside until you get to the very top of the cliff and you're in a place called Beachy Head. Uh, there you'll find yourself on the edge of the most terrifying cliff, Chalk Cliff, looking out at France across the water and right under your feet, a 500-foot drop to the beach below. In this uh, particular section uh, of the reading, Elaine Winslow, who's my main character, uh, her sister is has been spying during the war, and she's really anxious to get out of the whole business. Uh, but she, her lover, who was the man who used to handle her, wants her to come away with him, but she has terrible news for him. She now knows something that no one else does, that she's found treachery high up in the very heart of the British intelligence system, and she suspects only the two of them will be able to bring him down. So it's May 10th, 1948. There was a bare sliver of a moon, but its faint efforts could not penetrate the wood, and Diana found herself having to peer at the ground to follow the path steeply upward. He told her to bring a torch, but not to use it unless absolutely necessary, and a change of clothes. She stopped, cursing at the steep climb up from the edge of town. He was supposed to have picked up her suitcase, but now she wondered if he'd been able to. She hadn't packed much, but the bag gained weight with the steepness of the climb. During the day, the path would likely be full of dog walkers and ramblers, but tonight it had the power of the darkness that she used to fear so much as a child in the woods near their house. She could hear her own breath coming heavily, and she stopped to take off her heavy cardigan and tie it around her waist under her leather shoulder bag. She had to decide. He'd asked her to leave with him. He must have set something up, perhaps a boat pickup somewhere below in the darkness. Now, with her satchel of clothes stumbling about in the dark, she wondered if she would come to regret this decision. She wanted so badly to be finished with the whole thing, to retire to private life, whatever that proved to be. But she loved him, and she knew about Fairfax. Something would have to be done about that. Only she and Alex would probably be able to come up with a plan. One thing was certain. She had to be as far away as possible. Fairfax would realize sooner or later that she'd been into a secret cubbyhole and taken something. She hadn't been sure at first about leaving with Alex, but it offered the chance to get far away where there would be time to work through what ought to be done. She could just make out the end of the dense wood up ahead and picked up speed. A root caught her foot and she fell heavily, her torch flying out of her hand. She could feel that she'd skinned her hands and she felt a burst of anger. Anger about being here alone in the dark when she could have been in Scotland with her grandparents fussing over her. Anger that Alex did ha still had the kind of hold on her that would bring her out in the middle of nowhere to crash around in the dark. She lay still for a moment, but hearing nothing but her own breathing, she got up, dusted off her trousers, and began to look for the torch. She found it four feet away where it had rolled down a slight slope and had come to rest against a tree. She tested it and was relieved it worked. She hoisted the bag back onto her shoulder and scanned a short section of the path directly in front of her with the torch and then turned it off. 
Her watch with its phosphorescent numbers told her she was already late, so she picked up her pace again. If she thought the opening of the wood meant she was close to her goal, she was disappointed. The terrain opened up after the wood, but it continued relentlessly uphill. Her relief at finally seeing the figure just at the top of the hill was huge. She was going to call out to let him know she was there, but something stopped her. What? It certainly was Alex. She'd recognized that stance anywhere. Why had she hesitated? Then she saw that he turned suddenly to look behind him. She waited, watching to see what he'd heard. She was standing in the darkest shadow of a high bank of trees. Something was not right. In the next moment, another man came from somewhere behind Alex. He was tall, wearing a long coat, his hat pulled low. She felt as if she were watching a shadow play. She had the idea that his hands were in his pockets. He said something she couldn't hear. Perhaps this was why Alex wanted to meet her. They were to meet this other man? But that was... She couldn't believe what she was seeing. Why was he here? Horror froze her. The tall man burst forward suddenly, and in the next instant, the two of them were grappling, moving toward the cliff edge. Alex was struggling, his back to the sea, and then he was falling backward, his arms flailing. He dropped like a stone, casually tossed by a schoolboy, his scream filling the air. How long did she cower in the dark, shivering with terror and shock? She could not take her eyes off the man who had pushed Alex Tremaine to his death. He stepped back from the cliff and shrugged as if to adjust his coat on his shoulders. And then he turned and walked a few paces towards where she was hiding. He looked into the dark of the wood as if he were expecting someone. It took a cold moment to realize that she was the one he was waiting for. How had he found out? She looked hastily back the way she'd come, wondering if she could make her way back down. And when she turned again, the man was calmly lighting the cigarette. His lighter flipped open, the bobbing flame illuminating his face for the briefest second. He stood, looking out to sea for a few moments, nonchalant, as if he had not just thrown a man to his death. Suddenly he turned, looking into the darkness behind him, and called out, Diana, I know you're here somewhere. I know what you took. I will find you, and I will kill you. That was terrific. Uh, I'm curious. Um... I, we both write historical fiction, and I'm curious, why, do you, are, why are you drawn to this particular time period? Um, I don't, don't really know, except I sort of started writing it, and then there I was writing it. Uh, I think it's a lot to do with the fact that my parents are from that time. I, I think a lot of us my age have parents from that generation. And uh, my mother herself uh, engaged in espionage, and uh, so there was, it was kind of an attractive thing. My grandfather was a spy, and his two brothers both worked for MI6 as well. So I think it was just too tempting <laughs> to just be there. That's a great, I mean, that's a lot of uh, reason to write from that time period. And um, I write from that time period because of my parents, and that's just so interesting. Um, it's terrific. Thank you so much.